You're listening to the Jesus for Everyone podcast, a podcast where we talk about the intersection of faith and social justice and what a first century Jewish prophet of the poor from Galilee offers us today in our work of love, compassion, and justice. To support this podcast, go to renewedheartministries.com and click donate. We live in a culture of, of independence, of, of isolation, of uh, self-sufficiency that, that ignores the reality that whether we like it or not, we are all connected. We're all part of one another. We're all dependent on one another for our survival. Welcome, everyone, to this week's episode of the Jesus for Everyone podcast. My name is Herb Montgomery, and this is episode 476. Our title this week is Our Dependence on One Another, and our feature text is from Matthew 10, 40 through 42. Anyone who welcomes you welcomes me, and anyone who welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. Whoever welcomes a prophet as a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And whoever welcomes a righteous person as a righteous person will receive a righteous person's reward. And if anyone gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones who is my disciple, truly I tell you, that person will certainly not lose their reward. So to get our heads around this week's reading uh, from the perspective of its original audience, we need to back up a little bit. The subject here in Matthew 10 is Jesus' instructions as he sends out early followers. In Matthew 10, 10, 9 through 14. It says, do not uh, get any gold or silver or copper to take with you in your belts. No bag for the journey or extra shirt or sandals or a staff for the worker is worth his keep. Whatever town or village you enter, search there for some worthy person to stay at their house until you leave. As you enter the home, give it your greeting. If the home is deserving, let your peace rest on it. If it is not, let your peace return to you. If anyone will not welcome you or listen to your words, leave that home or town and shake the dust off your feet. So in, in the Synoptic Gospels, that's Mark, Matthew, and Luke, each version of, of these instructions, they, they, they differ slightly. You can find them in Mark 6, 8 through 9, and Luke 9, uh, verses 3, and, and chapter 10, verse 4. But each verse, version agrees that Jesus wasn't sending out his followers to be independent, self-sufficient workers for Jesus's vision of the new world. They, they, they were sent out to be wholly dependent on the hospitality, the, the generosity, the, the resource sharing of those to whom they were being sent. And this is important for our work today. I'm going to unpack this just a little bit in a moment. But let's, let's try to understand the context around what's happening in these passages. In his excellent book, The, the Lost Way, How Two Forgotten Gospels Are Rewriting the Story of Christian Origins, uh, Jesus scholar uh, Stephen Patterson, he, this is page 74 and 75, he explains it this way. It begins with a knock at the door. On that stoop stand two itinerant beggars. With no purse, no knapsack, no shoes, no staff, they are so ill-equipped that they must cast their fate before the feet of a would-be host. This is a point often made by historical Jesus scholar John Dominic Crossan. These Q folk are sort of like ancient cynics, but their goal is not the cynic goal of self-sufficiency. These itinerants are set only for 
dependency. To survive, they must reach out to other human beings. They offer them peace, and this is how the empire arrives. If their peace is accepted, they eat and drink, and this is how the empire of God is consummated, in table fellowship. Then another tradition is tacked on, beginning with the words, whenever you enter a town, this is perhaps the older part of the tradition. For this, and only this, also has a parallel in the Gospel of Thomas, verse 14 and there's also an echo of it in paul's letter known as first corinthians 10 27 here as in the first tradition the itinerants are instructed eat what is set before you and again the first move is to ask the empire comes when someone receives food from another when the when but then something is offered in return care for the sick the empire of god here involves an exchange, food for care. So th this stands in contrast with the economic, um, the political sound bites that we often hear today. Many in, in our American capitalist culture today, we expect, for example, the poor to pull themselves up by their own bootstraps in a, a system that's honestly stacked against them. We live in a culture of, of independence, of, of isolation, of, of self-sufficiency that, that ignores the reality that whether we like it or not, we are all connected. We're all part of one another. We're all dependent on one another for our survival. Uh, we're in this together. Social salvation means that if we're to be saved, um, no one's saved till everyone's saved. As King often said, that injustice anywhere is a threat to, to justice everywhere. What affects one, though it affects others differently, it affects us all because we are part of each other. We're all connected to each other. And, and, and one of the central tenets of the Jesus of the Gospels, remember, is to love our neighbors as ourselves. They're, they're part of ourselves. Jesus wasn't sending these disciples out, and I can't emphasize that enough this, this week. He wasn't sending them out as, as self-sufficient workers. Um, they were The disciples were instructed instead to completely lean into our dependency on one another and to make this their intentional practice. And not all followers of Jesus followed this instruction. Like the Apostle Paul uh, in, in 1 Corinthians 9, 1 through 6 and verse 12, he, he wrote, Am I not free? Am I not an apostle? Have I not seen Jesus our Lord? Are you not the result of my work in the Lord? Even though I may not be an apostle to others, surely I am to you, for you are the seal of my apostleship in the Lord. This is my defense to those who sit in judgment on me. Don't we have the right to food and drink? Don't we have the right to take a believing wife along with us? as do the other apostles and the Lord's brother Cephas? Or is it only I and Barnabas who, who lack the right to not work for a living? If others have the right to support, of support from you, shouldn't we have it all the more? But we did not use this right. On the contrary, we put up with anything rather than hinder the gospel of Christ. So for whatever reason, Paul rejected the dependency model, the dependence on those that he served, and he chose instead a path of providing for himself, a practice of, of self-sufficient independence. But, but from this passage in Corinthians, uh, we learn that he was the outlier here. Even in the Didache, we see that 
Jesus's original instruction was so practiced by the majority that some guidelines had to be added as a, as a result, I think, um, of Jesus's dependence instructions uh, being uh, abused. In the Didache chapter 11, it reads, let every apostle who comes to you be received as the Lord, but he shall not remain more than one day or two days if there's a need. But if he remains three days, he's a false prophet. And when the prophet goes away, let him take nothing but bread until he lodges. If he asks for money, he's a false prophet. So, so for followers of Jesus today, I think all of this holds some very practical and relevant meaning for our, our justice work. We, we work to create a, a new world of, of mutual aid and resource sharing and a just wealth redistribution in the face of a world where a few have so much and, and too, too many don't have what they need to survive uh, you know the united states is one of the wealthiest countries on the planet and yet the wealth disparity uh, the gap between the haves and the have-nots in this country is huge and as jesus followers we have to ask ourselves does our our programming of independence and being self-sufficient does that come from our American culture? Does it conflict with, with the teachings of Jesus? And, and, and does it even conflict with how our world really functions? I mean, in reality, we are dependent on each other, whether we're willing to admit that or not. And rather than developing these stalwart, privatized systems of self-sufficiency, we could work toward building community where each person is taken care of, where we take responsibility for ensuring that each person has what they need to thrive. I want to continue with Patterson's words uh, here again, because I think they're extremely relevant this week. He continues in 74 and 75 this warrants pause food for care in the ancient world those who lived on the margins of peasant life were never far from death's door in the struggle to survive food was their friend and sickness their enemy each day subsistence peasants earn enough to eat for a day each day they awaken with the question will i earn enough to eat today this is quickly followed by a second will i get sick if i get sick i won't eat if i don't eat i'll get sicker with each passing day the spiral of starvation and sickness becomes deeper and deeper and finally deadly crossan has argued that this little snippet of ancient of the ancient tradition is critical to understanding why the followers of jesus and their empire of god were compelling to the marginalized peasants who were drawn to it eat what is set before you and care for the sick here's the beginning of a program of shared resources of the most basic sort food and care it's an exchange if some have food all will eat if any gets sick someone who eats will be there to care for them the empire of god was a way to survive which is to say salvation and years ago now I read a passage from uh, historical scholar James Robinson, and in that passage, it caused me to, to really dig into this and to question whether I was preaching a gospel about Jesus or teaching the same gospel that Jesus, at least in the stories, himself taught. And I want to wrap up this week with, with this statement from James Robinson. Jesus' basic issue 
still basic today is that most people have solved the human dilemma for themselves at the expense of everyone else, putting them down so as to stay afloat themselves. This vicious antisocial way of coping with the necessities of life only escalates the dilemma for the rest of society. I am hungry because you hoard food. You're cold because I hoard clothing. Our dilemma is that we all hoard supplies in our backpacks and put our trust in our wallets. Such security should be replaced by God reigning, which means both what I trust God to do to activate you to share food with me and what I hear God telling me to do to share clothes with you, we should not carry money while bypassing the poor or wear a backpack with extra clothes and food while ignoring the cold and the hungry lying in the gutter. This is why the beggars, the hungry, the depressed are fortunate. God is, that is, God that is, those in whom God rules, those whom hearken to God will care for them. The needy are called upon to trust that God's reigning is there for them. Theirs is the kingdom of God. Jesus' message was simple. He wanted to cut straight through to the point. Trust God to look out for you by providing people who will care for you and listen to him when he calls on you to provide for them. So I know this flies in the face of a lot of how we are enculturated to live in our economic environment today. We learn early on that our survival, it depends on competition instead of cooperation, that, that, that there's scarcity rather than enough for everyone. We're, we're taught over time that, 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 that the, the, our success is dependent on us hoarding what we need rather than sharing what we have with others who have needs. And this, is all, this ultimately leads to us appealing to violence to protect our hoarded resources rather than um, the opposite, which would be possibly a generosity that sees us rising or falling all together. Jesus' early disciples, they were instructed, remember, to follow a practice of dependence and to not lose sight of it. That was the foundational, intentional practice that everything was built upon from the very beginning. And our survival today, both economically and ecologically, I think is vitally connected to us embracing the, those universal truths, our dependence on one another. So this week's reading, again, it calls Jesus followers especially to take this to heart and, and to let it inform how we live. Heart group application this week. Number one, share something that spoke to you from this week's e-site or podcast episode with your heart group. Number two, in what ways do you wish that our society today acknowledge our connectedness to each other more. Discuss that with your group. And then number three, what can we do this week, big or small, to continue setting in motion the work of shaping our world into a safe, compassionate, just home for everyone. Thanks for checking in with us today. I want to say a special thank you to all of our supporters out there. If you would like to join them in supporting Renewed Heart Ministries work, you can do so by going to RenewedHeartMinistries.com and clicking Donate. You can find Renewed Heart Ministries on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. If you haven't done so already, please follow us on your chosen social media platforms for our daily posts. 
co-host. And also, if you enjoy listening to this podcast, please like and subscribe to this podcast on whatever podcast platform you're using. And if this is an option, please leave us a positive review there. It That, that helps others find this podcast as well. And also, I wanted to uh, share once again that we're partnering each week with a new weekly YouTube show called Just Talking. Each week, Todd Leonard and I will be talking about the Gospel Lectionary reading for the upcoming weekend. We'll be talking about each reading in the context of love, inclusion, and societal justice. And our hope is that our talking will be just in the sense of justice, but that something that is said during our brief conversation that will inspire you to do more than just talking. So if you teach from the lectionary each week, or if you're just looking for some thoughts on the Jesus story from a more progressive perspective within the context of social justice, check it out. You might like it. You can find Just Talking each week on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash at Herb and Todd Just Talking. Please like, subscribe, hit the notification buttons, leave us a comment, let us know you were there. If you'd like to reach us here at Renewed Heart Ministries through email, you can reach us at info at renewedheartministries.com and my new book, Finding Jesus, a story of a fundamentalist preacher who unexpectedly discovered the social, political, and economic teachings of the Gospels is also available at renewedheartministries.com. Right where you are this week, keep living in love, choosing compassion, and taking action, and working for justice. I love each of you dearly. I'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.